0: Today on Run With Horses, we consider the value of a life. You're trading your time for something. Is it worth it? My name is Norman, and my goal is to help you run your race well, not just surviving, but thriving as a disciple of Jesus. There are a lot of things you could do with your life, but I don't think anything compares with following Jesus and joining Him on His mission of bringing hope to the nations. So thank you for including me on your journey. Well, today... I have a question for you, and I'm going to want some answers to this. So this is not a rhetorical question. I'm actually hoping that you'll contact me and let me know what you think. So what is the one thing that has really encouraged you the most as a follower of Jesus and as a disciple maker? So when I, I really want to know. I'd like for you to email me at Norman at RunWithHorses.net. That's Norman, N-O-R-M-A-N, at run. R-U-N with W-I-T-H horses H-O-R-S-E-S dot net So email me with your answer and I'm hoping to do a show coming up sometime maybe this fall using some of your responses so I'd like to get some good responses. I'd like to know what has been an encouragement to you. There's all kinds of different things that are encouraging. We all need encouragement and it comes in many, many different forms and some of that Is based on your personality, it's based on how God made you, it's based on the people that are around you. God uses the people in our life to encourage us most often. So, what or who has encouraged you the most as you have been following Jesus and striving to become a disciple maker? That's Norman at runwithhorses.net. Well, today, you know, I've had a, a busy few weeks Few, a few months, actually, if you have at all been following along with us, you know, we've moved from Japan back to the States and just some big changes in both where I am, what I'm doing and how I'm able to spend my time and what I'm able to focus on. So lots and lots of changes. And as I'm going through those changes, and I think any time that we go through changes in life, it's a good time to stop and consider How is God working? What's God doing that I need to be aware of and recognizing? So one of the things that I've been evaluating, considering in my life, and I want to share it with you, is the question, what is worth spending a life on? At its its basis, you know, you have a life and your life is made up of time. You have a given amount of time, and you don't know how much that is. God knows you don't. But you're spending it on something. What is that? And the world will give you so many options. I mean, (laughs) you can spend money on a career. You can spend money and time on a family. You can spend a lifetime pursuing uh, leisure and just filling your heart's desires to be happy. Or some people really pursue becoming really skilled at one thing often you think of that classic musician who's just doing all the work to become really, really skilled at playing that one instrument. Other people, it's just fame. Even if it's short term, just for a little while, they want to be known. And sometimes not even not even known for something, just known. So there's so many things that the world holds out and says, hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Here's something else. Why don't you try this? And certainly the, the world gives you lots and lots of ideas of what you could pursue. And by pursue, I mean, you spend your time on primarily. I mean, you have other resources, money. Uh, but your time is the thing that, uh, particularly as you get older, you realize time is valuable. And I'm spending it on something. And there's a way of looking at your life where you'd say that the actual value of your life is the sum of all the activities that make up your life. I'm not sure that's the best way to evaluate it because every activity doesn't have equal value and a lot of times the the relationships might be a better way to look at it than the activities. So it might be worth considering when you consider what am I spending my life on is who am I investing in? Who am I giving my time Who am I giving my resources? So they're both valuable. What are you doing with the time? Because one way to answer that is I'm spending it with people. But those people and the things that you do with your time, that really is how you spend your life. And have you ever stopped and considered, is it worth it? Are the things that I'm doing worth the time that I'm spending? When I look back, am I going to go, yeah, that was worth all of that time and years of Of effort that I put into becoming a better golfer or becoming a better painter or the time in the garden. I mean, there's all kinds of things that have some value. I'm not saying any of those are worthless, but I think we need to stop and evaluate is this what I want to be known for? Is this what I want to be good at? Sometimes we get good at things because we do them over and over again, not necessarily because we wanted to be good at those. It's just that's the way it worked out. We never stopped and said, what am I here for? So, my real question is going to be maybe narrowing this down a little bit and say, what is one thing that's worth giving the next five years of your life to accomplish? So your whole life is too big to think about. I mean, you have, you, you have this big picture of all of your relationships, of everything that you try to do in your life, and that's, that's hard to evaluate. You don't know how long that is. Uh, over time, you change your experiences influence who you are. They change who you are. At the same time, I think it's worthwhile to plan out a course of action that will give you some direction in at least the near future. You do have a plan for your future, don't you? I certainly hope so. You should be considering who you're becoming, what you're becoming. So if you're if you're listening along, you're playing along with me, and you, you're already lost, okay, here's my... Here's my summary of, of life planning. In, in its broadest basic terms, you, we have to see the big picture. And in the big picture, it is us and eternity. You know, this life that we're living right now, it's, it's a part of your existence. It's not all of it. I think sometimes we go through every day considering that this day, this week, the things I'm doing right now, this is all that matters. That's not true. We have to step back and consider, God has given me an eternal existence. That's not actually true, is it? It had a start, so it's not eternal, but it goes from here into eternity. Now, it, it doesn't end. So, if you have uh, understood that, then you're going to evaluate today's choices differently. This life definitely has meaning, both here, in the here and now, but also into eternity into the future, beyond this life, your actions, your attitudes, the things that you're accomplishing now, the people you're investing in now, there's influence that goes on into eternity. Your choices matter. I think it's important to recognize that and not be distracted by just what's right in front of you and only pursue that. We have to step back, see the big picture and say, where am I headed? In what direction am I going? What gives my life real meaning and purpose? And certainly, if you're listening to this show, you're, you should have accepted that God is at the front and center here. I want my whole life to be attached to what He said is important. Having said that, we often kind of have that in the back of our mind, but day in and day out, we're thinking about the little thing that's in front of me that really, we're not considering how this is an eternal value, how this thing affects me even going into next month or next year, much less eternity. But if we have stepped back and really have a clear big picture of who God is, of what God's accomplishing, and how we relate to that, then we can begin to consider a little more clearly God's direction for our life. So you have a standard To refer to to evaluate how am I doing if you understand what God's doing? He can guide you as you make decisions, as you plan on directions, as you make choices. Are they leading you closer and closer to what God is doing and his eternal values? Or are they leading you further away? Are my choices consistent and they're they're proving that what I say I believe, I believe? Or do my choices laugh at me and call me a liar? Say, well, you're not living what you say. You're not making decisions based on that. We want to have this consistency where our choices, what we say our life means and the values we have are all in line and they're in line with the big picture. So consistent choices lead you somewhere over time. And hopefully that's nearer to the heart of God. Okay, let's get back to where we were. With that big picture as the context, I want to repeat my question from earlier. What is one thing that's worth giving the next five years of your life to accomplish? Now, I I say this because we need to divide things down into smaller chunks. It's hard to imagine, okay, in the next 25 years, what are you going to do who are you going to be some people are good at that and they they imagine their life and they see themselves as a doctor or something that's going to take this long process to get there and to have value over that but a lot of people really struggle with that they don't see 15 years down the road 10 years down the road but 5 years is a little closer i'm going to be giving my time my effort my energy to something And if in the next five years I have a clear goal of what that is, I'm moving towards something, I want my activity, my relationships, my life to be moving in a direction that's consistent with the big picture, with who God is and what He is doing, I can begin to make choices that relate in the next two, three, four, five years. So, this is a, it's a life challenge. And... What I'm asking you is to consider your life and who you are right now, where you are spiritually right now. Everyone's not going to be in the same place, but considering where you are, what is a, a here and now, right where you are, life challenge that is worth the time and effort it will take to see the needle move in that area of your life. You know, sometimes we need to, we need to challenge ourselves to, to step out in faith and to take maybe risk And, you know, the biggest risk is to, is to commit to following Jesus. Really, if you think about what he said, he said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And when he said that, his disciples did not understand that as a, hey, let's go try this out and see how it works. Uh, Let's tiptoe along and we're going to tiptoe through the tulips and it's just going to be fun days. The imagery really was confusing to them because they, they really believed that the Messiah was going to come and lead Israel to freedom. Freedom from Roman tyranny, from political oppression. But Jesus wasn't acting like that. He was doing something different. And it took them a long time to kind of get it. But when they heard that invitation to follow Him, it couldn't have been taken as anything less than a serious challenge. They saw the Roman cross, they understood the person dragging that cross up that hill was going to die on it. Well, I'm not asking you to pick that thing that you're going to die for in the next five years, but how serious are you about following Jesus? If you're really serious about following him daily for the next five years, what would you do? If you were completely serious, you absolutely said, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to follow Jesus for the next five years would you live differently? Would you make choices differently? What would you do differently? Would you evaluate your progress differently? Maybe you would evaluate your progress, and right now you're not. Are you evaluating how you're growing? How do you define success? You know, what would, what would success look like if you were really serious about using your talents, your gifts, your abilities to follow Jesus one hundred percent. What would that look like? And another, I think, important question would be, who would we, who would you want with you on the journey? You know, a lot of times we're distracted by little things. Uh, we're we're busy with work, with family, with time off, with just the details of life, so we don't think about this big picture of what God's doing, and we don't think about the people we're traveling with. Are you on the same road following Jesus with others? I, I think that's important. I don't think there's really anything more important. Everything else, the big picture of life, is really in the context of eternity, where we're often... We flip that around and we look at our life and say, well, I evaluate God in the context of my life, where we should evaluate our life in the context of God. He is eternal. He is the creator. He has a plan. He's doing something. He's given up our gifts. He's given us our gifts. He's made us who we are. He's created us for a purpose. You know, the Bible tells us we're his workmanship, and he's created us for good works. Okay, what are those? Are we accomplishing those? Are we making progress on those? Are we even aware that there are (laughs) good things for us to do? We have to evaluate our life in light of God. Not look at the life around you, and look at what you see, and look at what you want, and your desires, and who the world tells you you should be, and how other people are spending their time, and what they have to say, and the latest movies, and the the music that you listen to, and take all of that, and then say, well, based on all of this, what do I think about God? You know, that's exactly backwards. And you'll end up with a God who is very much unlike God. You'll end up with a God who looks very much like humans. (laughs) humans. <laughs> you'll end up with a God who is who is selfish. Uh, you'll end up with a little g view of God where you can't trust him because he's like we are. Why would he love us? Why would he care? Uh, obviously, when you look at the world and see all the problems, you're going to have a different view of God if that's where you're drawing your inspiration from as you think about God. But if we step back and we look at who God says that he is and what he says that he's doing, and he gives us the explanation for why the world is the way that it is, we accept that. And then we begin to look at our life. We begin to look at the world around us. Okay, now we can evaluate those things that are taking up so much of our time. We can evaluate the books we read, the movies we watch, the music we listen to, the friends that we have, the job that we have, the people in our community. We can evaluate them, and I don't mean judge them. And condemn them, I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about evaluate them. What does God say about these things? What does God say about my role in the community? What does God say about who I am as a father, as a husband, as a son, uh, as a neighbor? I can begin to evaluate my actions. I have something concrete. And it's the Creator God and what He has to say about who I am. But we, we get it backwards quite often. We have to step back and see the world from that position of eternity and the big picture of God's doing something. Now, often we don't do that. So we don't make changes that make sense in light of eternity. We don't make choices that make sense in light of eternity. We're not moving closer to to, to Him. We're not really on this pathway that He has to grow us and change us into the image of Christ. So something like ministry becomes an afterthought if we think about it at all. It uh, becomes, a, well, I'm not sure when I can fit that in. I'm not sure when I have time. I've got other things that I'm doing, right? Service becomes something that all other people can do. It They have time, but I, I'm too busy. Uh, or we look at our life, well, I, I can't. We have a list of excuses a mile long of why we can't serve. Okay, that's not looking at it from God's perspective. God made you. And if you've trusted Christ, he tells you, I've given you gifts for a purpose, and that purpose is to build up my church so that my church can accomplish the mission that I've given it. So, when we step back and evaluate that, what would it take to change you, to really understand the bigger picture, to begin to get your heart and mind in line with what God's doing? So, You know, today as I'm thinking about this, I'm really coming at this from the perspective of my life and all the changes that are in my life. And how do I keep my life on track in the middle of a lot of things that I can't control? You know, I have a lot of things in my life that have changed my location and my uh, surroundings and the people I'm working with and all these things have changed. And it's not not in my control. So how do I evaluate all this and stay in line with who God wants me to be and recognize God's work in me and God's work through me? What does God have for me in the new situation? What does God have for me in a new location? How is God working through all of this to change me? I have to be aware of that first and foremost. It's stepping back and saying, you know, God's not working to keep me in a certain place in the United States or in Japan or in the world. He's preparing me for eternity. And the good works that he's given me are about helping other people prepare for eternity. So I really believe, and I've accepted for my life, God's call is for me to be a disciple. Maker. I believe that's God's call for you as well. What does that look like? Is it your desire to follow Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? What would that look like? That's really the question of the day. What would it look like if you really loved God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? What would it look like to follow him? What would it look like if you looked at your neighbor and said, you know, I, I love my neighbor. I'm going to sacrifice for my neighbor. I'm going to consider them better than myself. And unfortunately, even today, a lot of people still ask the question, well, who is my neighbor? I think we have a, a parable there that Jesus gave. Might want to go back and look at that. Who was the the good neighbor when the good Samaritan walked along and he saw the person in need and he helped? Who did he help? Was it somebody he knew? Was it somebody he cared about? Was it somebody that had the potential to help him out one day? No, for none of those. It was the person in need. He loved them and I think the ability to do that comes from looking at God and loving Him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength and recognizing that He chose me before the foundation of the world. He loved me. He offered me a way out from the, the deep pit that I was in, that I had dug myself and, and agreed with all of humanity that uh, we are enemies of God. He he offered me a lifeline through the cross. So my response to that is I, I want to follow, I want to follow Jesus. He is the one that saved me. He bought me. So I believe that. If you believe that, what's keeping you from following him with all that you have? Some people say job. Well, I've got a job, I've got to work, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. I have responsibilities. Some people would say family. I mean, I've got people in my family and I, I've, I have to maintain these rela- uh, relationships. I have They have expectations for me. I don't want to disappoint them. And There are all these reasons why we can't really wholeheartedly follow Jesus. Again, my question for the day is, what would it take to change that? What's, what's the one thing? So, in the next five years, I, I want to seriously begin to make steps to genuinely follow Jesus, starting where I'm at, to be in a different place in five years. What, what does that look like? What would that look like? What area of your life do you need to, to really intentionally engage with to grow? Going back to how important relationships are, one thing we have to recognize is that the people we talk to day after day, the people that we have invited into our life and given authority to speak into our life, they have a lot to do with who you're becoming, with who you are. If you want to be different, you might have to invite different people into your life. Do the people you, you talk to day after day, do they motivate you to love God more? to serve people more, or are they helping you stay distracted and focused on your own plans and desires? It's one of the reasons why you continually hear me say we we just really need to be part of a a healthy church, Uh, a church that is focused on the mission of Christ, that is reaching out into community, that where people are really looking at God's Word and evaluating their own life and seeking to grow. Maybe you have a church that's not those things, but it needs you to challenge them to do that. I think we need each other. So what's keeping you from making that commitment? And I think at its core, there's lots of excuses. There's lots of reasons. People say, well, finances or expectations from others or all these things. But at its core, I think a lot of times it's fear. And it's fear of the unknown. It's fear that I don't know what will happen. And... It's also tied in with a really a lack of, of trust. I, I don't know what tomorrow would hold. If I pursued God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, would it be enough? Would God be enough? Jesus said that he would go with me, but does he really mean that? <laughs> you know, if, if I'm stuck and I'm in a bad place, is Jesus really going to f- go with me? Is His grace really sufficient? And I think we have some fear. We have a, a focus on ourselves, and it really comes back to that. I, I'm worried about what's going to happen to me. <laughs> if I follow Jesus, maybe I'm going to be in a dangerous situation. I'm going to experience uh, discomfort or, or pain or maybe I'm going to go broke. I mean, who's going to take care of me if things don't work out? And i I lose my safety net, and there's all these reasons why we're not willing to make the first step. So I think a lot of times God God meets you when you make the first step, but we're afraid before we ever get to the first step, we're we're afraid to really even ask the question, to look at the big picture of what God's doing, to look at this ministry of reconciliation, to look at the the ministry that Paul called the ambassadorship, to be an ambassador. But in light of eternity in light of the call of Jesus, for you to take up your cross and follow him. What's one thing in your life that'd be worth really investing in to see change? What would move you closer to him and his ministry of reconciliation, his ministry of of change in the world, his ministry of glorifying himself and, and building his family? You know, that's It's a question that no one else can answer for you. What would it take for you to make that decision, for you to commit wholeheartedly to follow? And I don't mean to be a missionary or pastor, although absolutely I would love for more people to consider what it would take to be fully surrendered to follow wherever Jesus led, whether it was a pastor or missionary or whether it was across the street to your neighbor. But what would it take for you to surrender all? I think it's a question we have to stop and and ask ourselves on a regular basis. Your situation will change, and sometimes your situation gets a little easier. There are things, for me, being back in the States, that are a little easier. You know, we have air conditioning here, and we didn't really have air conditioning so much in our home in Japan. And it's further south than where I live right now, so it was hotter. (laughs) It was a little harder to make it through the summer where I lived. We had more bugs there than where I live now. There were practical things where life was a little harder there and it's easier now. But the the easier can also be a distraction because you begin to expect something that really is is not where your real value is. You begin to expect something that can be a distraction. So my challenge is, again, what's something you can do to make real steps to pursue Christ now? Thanks for joining me today. Check out RunWithHorses.net for show notes and past shows. Write me at Norman at RunWithHorses.net if you have comments or questions. Join our Facebook community. Tell a friend if you found the show helpful. Hey, Jesus has called you. Your life is the answer. What does it say?